0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome into episode 12, I believe, of Taking Heat, uh, the weekly podcast that we do here, a sports competition-style podcast. If If this is the first time you're seeing the show, the way this works is each of us bring a... A a take or an opinion to the topic that has been presented for the week presented by the champion of last week at the end everybody puts in a vote everyone votes on who they think had the best take for the week and then the winner brings the take for the next week Pretty simple concept. My name is Blake Holmes. And I'm joined here tonight by my co-hosts, uh, Cameron Volwine at the top right, Trevor Tedwell in the bottom left, and Logan Porter in the bottom right. And this week's episode was brought forth by myself and Trevor as we were co-champions last week. And it is the most overrated athlete in sports today. You know, I thought, yeah, we thought about maybe doing all time. That's something we can do in a future podcast as well. The most overrated uh, athlete of all time. But in this case, we're doing it, we're limiting ourselves to the current day. Are these athletes currently playing their sports and how are they overrated? That's what we're going to talk about here today. So, uh, yeah, basically, a pretty simple concept. If you like what you see, if you like what you hear, be sure again like the, like the podcast on YouTube on Spotify. Uh, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Follow the podcast on Spotify again. If you're listening on either platform, they are available. There's a video version with my webcam on it for the YouTube video. Or if you just rather have audio only, you can do that at Spotify as well. Taking Heat on Spotify, Nuggets Nation Twenty One on YouTube to bring y'all into the the podcast tonight. Going back again, trying to get this week, uh, going back on a weekly schedule. How y'all doing tonight?
1: Doing fairly well. I uh, would say so, at least.
2: Uh, doing, uh, doing pretty good. You know, getting to watch the Steelers fight for the number one overall pick. So, that's always fun. And
3: uh, um, postseason baseball, pretty sad. Uh, St. Louis really shit the bed against uh, Philadelphia. Not saying that the Phillies are a bad team, but, like, we can't shit the bed.
0: <laughs> well, let me tell you, Cam, I will agree this right here may get used a decent little bit this season um, based on how this season's going. I mean, there's some bright spots, but, yeah, the Steelers all in all are having a lot of issues that will need to be addressed in the future, but... That can, that's a topic for another time, another episode. Once again, we are here to discuss the most overrated athlete in sports today. Uh, this is something to where... This can mean a, a number of things. It can mean a player who is looked at as a not... You could say that this player is seen as really good, and they're they're bottom of the barrel. They're not nearly as good as everyone says it is. It could even be as small as this person is seen as the best player in the league, and you don't think they're top 10, they're top 5. These types of situations to where they receive all this praise and all these high ratings, but you don't think that it is worthy. So, as is customary, I have my trusty wheel here. We're going to go ahead and bring that in. This wheel has each of our names on it. Whoever it lands on, of course, will be the one that's presenting their take. And from there, we will remove names as we go. So, spinning the wheel for the first time, you can hear me clicking it several times. So, it will land on someone. It will land on myself. So, we'll go ahead and get started. And I want to go ahead and kind of talk about what I think cost- what really went into this decision making. Um, I thought for a number of different sports. I thought for the the NFL. I thought for the NBA, the MLB, things like that. And I will go ahead and say this one may be a little controversial. Um, there's definitely a personal bias here for me, but I'm tired of seeing this guy listed as highly as he is all the time. I've thought about in the NFL guys like Miles Garrett and, um, Mac Jones was another one. Mac Jones is a little young to me. It's only the second season, so it's hard to really say for sure if he's overrated at this point. But Mac Jones was another one that came to my mind. But this one is someone that I don't I'm not a fan of for a number of reasons in the NBA. And I think part of the reason is once again because of his reputation and because He has been anointed in in a lot of people's minds as the savior, as one of the saviors of NBA basketball in the upcoming years. Um, And it is someone who is polarizing. Either you love this guy or you hate him, and there's really no in-between. Of course, Kim, you guessed him before the show. I'm talking about Devin Booker. Devin Booker for the Phoenix Suns. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here and trying to say that Booker is not a top 20 NBA NBA basketball player. I'm not saying that he isn't one of the best young shooting guards, one of the best shooting guards in general in the NBA. That's 100% true. But I have seen lists out there. Some people that are willing to put Devin Booker in the top 10 and willing to put Devin Booker, even top 12 for that matter, he gets the cover of 2K just the consistent praise that he gets for stuff that I have a lot of issues with. He's a, he's a fine player. Uh, I, I don't have any notes pulled up because, again, I'm not going to go too much into that. Again, statistically, he is he's fine. But, yeah, when you talk about last season, last season was his career best statistically. He had about tw- 26.8 points per game, uh, f- under five assists per game, 4.8. A steal – and half a block plus five rebounds per game. He shot 46% from the field and 38% from three um, on about 35 minutes per game. Now, am I going to sit here and say that is a bad stat line? Absolutely not. Uh, that's, that's one of the best stat lines in the league. The thing that gets me about Devin Booker is you go and you look at the things that happen either off the court or on the court when it doesn't matter. The main things I'm looking at, of course, when you're talking about hit the first five seasons, I don't blame all of this on him by any means. It's hard to win when you're changing head coaches every single year and he doesn't have the talent around him. But the Suns go from statistically the worst basketball team in the league, and it's not particularly close. And... One season, he gets into the playoffs. Ironically, it's crazy, when, when Chris Paul comes to town, they make a complete turnaround. This team looks so much better, and it's a, it's, a, it's a really good team. They get the second seed in the West. They play against the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, both hurt, missing games, and not 100%. They then go to the second round, and they face the Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. The starting guards in that series were Facundo, Campazzo and Austin Rivers. They win that series pretty handily as they should. They go into the Western Conference Semis uh, or in the Western Conference Finals with no Kawhi Leonard for the for the Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, the writing on the wall, and then they finally face a healthy team in the NBA Finals, and Giannis does what Giannis does, ends up winning an NBA championship over them. The next season, they come in again, best record in the league. They look unstoppable. They look really good. Only wait. Luka Doncic, don't get me wrong. He had a great supporting cast in Game Seven. You're gonna drop a Game Seven in on your home floor, one hundred and twenty-three to ninety, and that was with them outscoring the Mavs forty to thirty-one in the fourth quarter with no starters in the game. Devin Booker goes three of fourteen in this in this game for eleven points. A minus forty-one in Game Seven. And I, I look at it, and before, the main thing that everyone talks about, for, obviously the, the blowout in Game 7, but before, when they were up 3-2 and they're talking all kinds of smack and you know Luke, uh, Booker's flopping and calling it the Luka special and they're, they're talking in the press conference, and Luka says the now famous line, everybody talking when they up. Everybody talks when they up. And he just goes supernova for the rest of that series. But again, the thing that gets me Butt Booker He's incredibly cocky. If you watch the way he plays, if you watch the way he celebrates, he's so cocky for a finals berth in a relatively easy road to the finals that he didn't even win. Um, and, when again, when you're talking about team success, he hasn't done it without Chris Paul. I'm not saying that that is 100% his fault because, again, the team that he had, I don't think he realize just how bad the team was outside of Devin Booker, and plus they were changing head coaches every single year. But – the extracurriculars, the cockiness, the uh, and things like that, but even with all that, he still gets a ton of fanfare. He's still looked at as a top 10 player in the NBA by some of us. I mean, I can name you 12 players off top my the top of my head, and you can tell me where you want to rank him over. I'll go ahead and do it now. You've got LeBron James, uh, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Stephen Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant. You want to talk about Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, you want to talk about someone like a John Morant, you could put in front of him. Depending on what you're looking for, you can uh, look at a guy like Jimmy Butler. Uh, Chris Paul has some consideration to be in front of him as far as, you now statistically he's not as good, but again, Chris Paul is the glue of that team. I mean, the, there's and there's names I know I've forgotten, but the fact that he is looked at as highly as he is for a couple of – a couple of good seasons, regular season-wise, and making the finals, in in my opinion, the easiest finals route of all time. I mean, again, you can't name me a route that was easier unless you want to go all the way back to Bill Russell, just because Bill Russell was so much bigger than everybody else and consistently making it to the finals in that case. But again, when you're talking about Booker and the modern NBA, in my opinion, the easiest road to the finals. Uh, and... Despite not really achieving anything other than that, is still looked at. Not he's not an All NBA first team player. He's not. Uh, he is an All Star. Things like that. And I'm not saying he's a bad player, but top ten, top twelve player in the NBA in my mind. We need to pump the brakes a little bit.
2: Agree, honestly. I just, I'll be honest. I don't think Devin Booker is a top fifteen player in the NBA right now. And as you had mentioned, he had an incredibly easy road to the finals. And I'll be honest, I just don't think Devin Booker really, uh, really can lead a team compared to like some other NBA players like LeBron or Luca, as you had mentioned. Like, I just don't think Devin Booker can do it by himself, at least right now. And like you had said, Devin Booker is obviously like a like Really good NBA player, but I can agree a hundred percent that I think he is a little overrated, just by mostly most NBA fans.
0: And then,
3: so I want to point
1: out real quick with Cameron's retort right there. I don't. I don't think there's a guy in the NBA that's other than LeBron James for there were two seasons when he was in Cleveland. Other than LeBron James, I don't think there's a single guy in the NBA that's ever done anything by themselves.
0: Yeah, so I you know I, mean? I do I do agree, and I think that yes, that that is something to where it's the same thing uh, with the Kevin Durant thing. Kevin Durant for the longest time he had Russell Westbrook, and he just couldn't get it done. That's why he goes joins joins the Golden State team that becomes a dynasty. But the main thing I'm getting at is, you know, you may not be able to win a championship all by yourself, but there have been several instances to where players can will their teams at least into the playoffs. Um, when you're talking about, I mean, you can look at the NBA right now. Again, Now, Joel Embiid was well on his way to doing that, and then he got Harden last year, so it made things a little bit easier for him in the second half of the straight season. Uh, Jokic did it with without his second and third best players. We've seen Kobe do it, Kobe dragging the corpse of Pau Gasol and things like that with him all the way to the finals. We've seen, we've seen players do it, at least get into the playoffs. And what I think about Booker and again, this is why I'm saying this is this one that criticism is a little bit unfair to him, just because again, before Chris Paul, the team just was not in good shape, and ever since Chris Paul came, they've just become a, a, a powerhouse for that matter. But again, the thing that gets me is I am all for a player having confidence. To me, a player needs to be confident. They need to be able to talk talk some trash. They need to be able to um, to and, and obviously make their mark. But at the same time, you've got to have the ability to act like you've been there before. And in the case of Booker, his, his antics cross from confidence to cockiness to me. And at the end of the day, I think that the cockiness, that's what caught up to him. Because again, in Game 7, like I said... You go back and you name Kobe Bryant had one bad performance in a Game 7 I can think of in his entire career, but when you go and look at this once again, two or 3 of 14, 0 of 4 from three-point land. Four turnovers and a minus 41 in a game seven. I understand that the Mavericks were firing on all cylinders and Luka Doncic is one of the best young players in the NBA today. But after you've talked that much smack and after you've got so much fanfare going in your favor, how are you going to be a minus 41 in a game seven on your home floor? Just for the fact, uh, for the fact of that, for the fact that again, I don't think the Suns have. You don't get me wrong, the a Finals birth is a Finals birth. That's more than the Nuggets have, as you can see by the hat. It's more than the Nuggets have in their entire history. But it's a message to him, and it's a message really to Suns fans in general. A Finals birth is just that. It's a runner up at that point. You know, you can you you can afford to do the to tr- talk the trash. That Stephen Curry does and the shimmies that Stephen Curry does when you have the hardware that Stephen Curry does. Devin Booker just doesn't have that.
1: Another thing you got to realize that finals birth that they had in the 2020 21 season where they won the finals, uh, you got to realize that was the first time they had been in, in the playoffs since 2010, I believe. And they made it to the finals too. <laughs> And I'm I'm still agreeing with you here. I, I mean, Devin Booker, he's a good player. You know, he's he's averaging in the mid twenties each season in points, which is no small joke. I mean, that's a good stat to have. I just don't I don't think he's that kind of like the kind of the good players on good teams. They're usually the floor gym. Um, especially if they're the top scorer, you know, LeBron James, he controlled that offense. Um, but in this case, he was the guy that was getting the buckets, but Chris Paul was that kind of floor general. And I can understand what you're saying. When Chris Paul comes, they immediately go to the finals. Chris Paul had that experience and Devin Booker. He has the skills. He just, he doesn't have that mentality of being a floor general and going out there.
0: It's the same thing, you know, and I, I sit here and again you can talk about it with Chris Paul. He takes the Thunder and, and let's be real, the Thunder, when they made the playoffs in the bubble, they 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 had no business being that far. It was him and Sha Shea, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and that was it. That was the only two weapons, and yet they found a way to at least make the playoffs. And Chris Paul does the same thing with the Suns team. And again, I'm not like I said, I don't I think people that's the problem I have with some hot take shows things like that. Is they hear, you, is people hear you say, "I think Devin Booker is overrated," and they think you're saying Devin Booker is, you know, isn't, couldn't hold a candle to some of the stars in the league. No, I'm not saying that, uh, saying that. But the people who are out here trying to say that Devin Booker is a top ten NBA player, and again, when you're talking about, yeah, he he gets the cover of. 2K, which is such a... It, it's so asinine. It means nothing. We, we all know 2K doesn't really mean anything. But, the fact... And Jake that, Cole was on the cover of yeah, 2 the, the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of fanfare, there's a lot of positive attention that's thrown Devin Booker's way, when in reality once again, it's... I'm not... And again, I'm not taking anything away from that finals run. Like I said, a finals run is a finals run no matter what the path is. You can't help who you play, you can only handle how you play them. But... At the same time, when you act like you've won five championships because you made the finals one time, that's when I start to have an issue with it. Finals run in itself is perfectly okay, but in the case of Booker, it goes to another step, and it goes past that because, once again, he's acting like he's been a part of a dynasty when he's had two good regular seasons in his entire career. Do I have
3: any questions or anything like that? Um, not super knowledgeable about basketball. Not one of the sports I, I'm extremely into. Um, however, just looking at his stats that I have pulled up right here, um, seems like a solid shooter. Um, and, like, that is it. Like, I don't see any other stats of him being overall one of the best basketball players um especially with what you get what you guys have said about i guess like
0: his lack of leadership
2: he is, is a solid, uh, though is shooting he, I mean, that's pretty much all i can think he can offer is just- he,
0: he is a sol- I will say he is a solid facilitator whenever he has other weapons in the game with him whenever he can afford to because if he he can pass if he needs to at times the thing that I have about Booker is, and this is the same thing. I this is the reason we did in episode three, I believe. Logan, I know you were. It was I was you, me, and Jacob Underwood. We did the top ten NBA players in the league, and I think I I had Jimmy Butler at number ten, and Underwood thought that was you know did not like that pick. But what the reason I I said that was when Devin Booker's shot isn't falling. When Devin Booker isn't fighting the bottom of the net, he doesn't know how to impact the game in other ways. Jimmy Butler, on the other hand, if his shot's not falling, guess what? He's going to play terrific defense. He's going to attack the glass. He's going to do everything he can to impact the game in a positive way outside of scoring. And. Like you said, Cam, when it comes to when it comes to Booker, yes, he can move the ball decently well, and yes, he can play defense when he absolutely has to. But to me, what gets me as well is when the shots not falling, he cannot seem to figure out how to impact games in other ways.
1: So this is embarrassing. I just pulled up the uh, because I had I actually had it in my notes on my smartphone, the order of all of the. Uh, Players that we did for that NBA ranking in episode three. I actually put Booker at number 10. <laughs> so, so I'm, just, uh, I'm, I'm, just... <laughs> I'm not, listen, again, this is why
0: I said it's a hot take. And the thing, the reason it's a hot take is because a lot of people right now in NBA I mean, you do agree with that. They have him at number 10 or at number 11. To me, if it were my, and I think I may have actually said in the episode before that, I would not have had Booker that high. I would have had neither, Booker.
1: Neither of y'all had him even on the list. Y'all had guys like Bradley Beal that I didn't have on there, and Jimmy Butler, I didn't have him on there at the time either.
0: And again, that it comes down just at the end of the day, it's the same reason why I respect guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo so much, because you look at it and you say, you're not scoring And you're not, you know, your shots not falling, or you're just not getting to the rim, or whatever it is. How are you going to still win basketball games, if you if you can't get the ball in the bottom of the bucket yourself? Other stars in the league, for the most part, know how to do that. Again, Stephen Curry is a ridiculously good passer. Uh, Joel Embiid with his defense and with his rebounding ability. Nikola Jokic with his offensive and his ball movement. LeBron James with his ball movement. Uh, I mean, you can go on and on and on, and it's just one of those things to where at the end of the day, if, you're, if your shot's not falling, if your offense isn't fully there, how are you going to impact winning? And I have a question about whether or not Devin Booker can do that. So,
1: I do have a little bit of a defense for Devin Booker. um, And this isn't me just because I had him in the top ten, but I'm just looking at him on paper. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at him on paper on – uh basketball reference right now Mm -hmm. he has been improving um obviously his his points they've been pretty consistent since the 2018-2019 season he's been about the same there Mm -hmm. but defensively i mean uh his blocks has gone up since previous seasons same thing with steals same thing with total rebounds um and even his shooting has gone up in some direction in some cases uh the only thing that really hasn't is assists and that's and the only reason that is is because he was averaging 6.5 around that area until chris paul came and then chris paul was the assist guy uh two years two years ago when they went to the finals chris ball had eight eight and a half last year chris ball averaged 10 so i think he is he is improving and being still being a solid player i think he's still an all-star i think at this point in time i probably would still wouldn't have him top 10 um especially you know as I've watched more NBA and got to been more around the league, but I don't think he's,
0: like, he's not washed up or anything like that. No, absolutely, and again, I'm not, and that's what I'm saying. Like I said, I don't want people to take away from this rant that I've went on that I think that Devin Booker is a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. I'm looking here to give a little bit of uh, response to those points. The main thing is with his shooting. Um, He averaged more points per game in this past year than, I believe that's his career high. He had let's see, I'm looking here, 26.8. Yeah, it was his his career high, but when you take a look at his totals, he took almost 200 more shots this past season than he has in uh, many of his years prior. Um, And his field goal percentage went down because of that, but obviously in in the grand scheme of things, if you're taking almost 200 more shots in a season, then your points per game will probably uh, increase. And then the defensive side of things, I will say when it comes to... That Suns roster. Let's take a let's take a talk about who they have in the lineup. You've got Chris Paul, Devin Booker. You've got Macal Bridges, who is a sneaky good uh, defender in his own right. You've got Cam Johnson, who is a solid defender. DeAndre Ayton. The thing about Booker that gets swept under the rug, and it's the same reason that uh, Luca. You know, Luca imp- is not in. Luca is. An atrocious defender at times. And it, it, that's how it is. A lot of players, if you look, you have to find advanced stats. And this is why, again, I, 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 you can see the hat. I'm calling on Nuggets fans. Advanced stats do matter, but they don't tell the whole story. There are people out there that legitimately believe that Nikola Jokic is a top three defender as a big man because he led in defensive box plus minus, which is just not true. Or he was top three in defensive rating, which is just not how that works. Um In the case of Booker, it is very, 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 very rare for him to guard the players that are worth guarding, worth talking about. He's not stepping up against the James Hardens in the NBA. He's not stepping up against the Bradley Beals, even. Um, or anybody along that nature, because that's Chris Paul's assignment. Chris Paul is the defensive player. He's still one that's stepping up and taking that assignment, or Mikhail Bridges is taking that player. Booker is typically, and you could make the case that they do that because they don't want to tire him out. It's the Kawhi Leonard effect. You know Kawhi could go and lock up whoever you want, but at the same time, you don't want him to do it all the time because you still want him to be able to contribute offensively. You don't want him exhausted for that. But in the case of this, that's my argument. Like I said, though, I, I'm not saying that Devin Booker is not a an incredibly fun player to watch when he's on, an incredibly talented and young player. I'm not saying that one bit. And I, do I think that the Suns are still title contenders? As much as I hate it, absolutely. I think they are. But I think that's what I'm saying. For now, we need to pump the brakes a little bit, at least see what he gives us again this season after he faces the first adversity since those early seasons and see if we go from there. I'm not ready to anoint him as the, the, like I said, one of the next, the league's next great saviors.
1: So when it comes into terms of basketball, um, I th- I, this was a, this was actually a concept I saw in a video talking about LeBron, uh, just talking about, it was kind of, it was kind of <laughs> a video hyping up him, but um, kind of when a player comes into uh, early draft picks, It's usually because the team is in a bad state. Uh, And they were using LeBron as an example. He was obviously, I mean, um, the number one pick, uh, 2003, uh, went to Cleveland, who was notoriously bad at this point in time. And the point that they made was when there's a bad team, somebody has to score, all right? And somebody has to do the majority of this score. And the example I'm going to use, there's no, there's no shot on him. I'm only using him because you know, this is just how I feel. But Shy Gildas Alexander, when he went to the Thunder, kind of popped off, you know, averaging mid twenties. He's scoring a lot and everyone was hyping him up. But I mean, who else is on the Thunder? <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at their roster last season. They had ten guys score average ten or more a game,
0: and, which is insane. And I'll tell you, the year that he made the the NBA playoffs, he had Chris Paul by his side, and it's the same thing again with Booker. I'm, again, like I said, it's not a hundred percent fair to Booker to say this, but I need to see for me to, you know, for me to put him that much higher once again. For one, I'm sorry, top ten players. And I will defend at the end of the day. There are some instances that it's okay to lose. Um, Joel and Be losing against a very solid team in the Eastern Conference. Jokic losing to the eventual champions in the first round with his second and third best player out. Um, trying to think of LeBron uh, uh, losing in the first round and uh, against the Suns the first year because he doesn't have Anthony Davis and he's not fully healthy. The Suns had no excuse had no reason. There was nothing about that game that should have led to that much of a beating that they took. And yet it happened. And Booker was one of the main reasons for that. I keep bringing this up, but once again, minus 41, he was the worst plus minus in the game by him and Chris Paul, minus 41, minus 39. McAlbry Bridges had minus 40. Um, you know Luca Doncic was outscoring his, the entire team himself by halftime. Like I said, there's still a long way for uh, Booker to go. I think he is going to be fine. I think he'll end up he may end up getting in that top 10, but for now we need to pump the brakes. We need to see what he comes back with this season and people are too quick to anoint him the next Kobe Bryant like they have been.
1: Something else from that uh just real quick from that playoff series uh he also in their series against the pelicans uh did not dress for three of the games but did come back for the final game
0: and that team was good enough again that team is a very well built team they're very well coached they finally found a guy in monty williams that can put together a really good scheme Again, not saying that Booker isn't great. Booker is a fantastic NBA player, and he will be for a very long time. Top 10 player in the NBA. Let's, let's, let's slow it
1: down. I don't mean to keep buttoning, in, uh, <laughs> obviously. But um, I think a reason that he kind of gets that treatment is because he had that 70-point game.
0: And it's that, and again, well, and like I said, in some cases, especially in the casual NBA fan base, they they like a cocky player. Um Try to think, you know, I'm not saying anything about him, but like, and, and people like him because it's a meme. But a- Alex Caruso is a perfect example. Of that Alex Caruso is actually a very solid NBA player when you're talking about. Everything he provides from a defensive standpoint, he's one of the more underrated defenders in the league. He's obviously we know about his athleticism and, and his looks and things like that. But the main thing is he's and, and he he's especially when he was with the Lakers, he was cocky and the and, and people just attached to that. Um, and I think, like I said, I think the I think a lot of casual fans do like that. Um, and that's why he gets the positive fanfare. And I think that's why he gets the you know, obviously, the, the 2K sponsorships and I think he has a decent social media following but again when you're talking about it from a from big moment standpoint and there is also the point to be made where people can say well at least Booker had himself in a game 7 he he gave they he put his team at least in the opportunity to do that but did he really they had a 3-2 series lead against the, uh, against Luka Doncic in the Mavs they blew the 3-2 lead and then again in game 7 it's an all-time it is an all-time bad loss to lose the game seven in the way they did so like i said a lot of potential a lot of future slow it down on the high train a little bit we talked about that for a very long time we'll go ahead and move to the next person um, so starting off the episode it was myself and it was Devin Booker as I bring the wheel back onto the screen, spinning it quite a few times. It will land on Trevor. So, Trevor, most overrated current athlete. The floor is yours.
3: Alright. Um, not sure if this will be a hot take or not. Um, the, the the player that I am choosing uh, is a baseball player. Um, he currently... Uh, I'm gonna put quotes around plays for the San Diego Padres. Um, this is Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, so, uh, this guy, uh, he is 23 this year. Um, he is an outstanding baseball player. Um, he is great offensively. He is great defensively. Um, I think he's pretty hot headed. Um, I don't feel like overall he's a great team player, but just as a pure baseball player, um, he, he is very good. Um, he was a rookie for the San Diego Padres back in 2019. Um, and in this season, only playing 84 games, um, he was able to rack up... Uh, where was it? Uh, he had a end of the season, he had a 317 batting average. Uh, for As a rookie, uh, that's pretty dang good. Um, and out of these 84 games, he was able to rack up 22 home runs... Um so if he was a rookie and he had played say all 162 games, regular season games, um he may have set a uh MLB rookie record for number of home runs in the first season. Um which would have been freaking awesome. Um uh, that year he was third in the rookie a year voting, uh behind Pete Alonzo, um who is currently one of the one of the best first basemen. Uh, he plays for the Mets, uh, also an incredible baseball player. Um, but, um, since, uh, his debut opening day of 2019, um, only counting regular season games, uh, well, only only counting regular season games, uh, that were played, uh, the season of 2020 was cut a little short because of COVID-19 and such. Um, But San Diego, since the beginning of 2019, have played 546 regular season baseball games. Uh, Tatis has only played in 273 of these baseball games. Um, So since he started, he's played 50% of the regular season games for his team. Um, Some of this has to do with injuries. Um, He's been put on the injury list a couple times for a few minor things. Um... He dislocated a shoulder, I believe, sometime in last year or in 2020. Um, also in 2020, uh, he, as well as a bunch of other baseball players, um, got COVID. He was on the injury list for that for a little while. Um, one of the big things is at the beginning of this year, um, he had to have surgery on um, a bone in his wrist. Um, he had fractured a bone in his wrist over the uh uh over the off season um and it's uh was projected that he was going to be out for about three months and then make his return um and him needing surgery on his wrist um it was alluded that he had suffered uh this injury due to a motorcycle accident in December of 2021 while in the, in the Dominican Republic um, uh, whenever he was asked about this motorcycle accident um, after uh, it had been public uh, he just responded with which one uh, suggesting that he had been in multiple motorcycle accidents that off season. Um so like him missing like half of the 2022 season for an injury that he gotten because of his own uh like him just getting in a motorcycle accident. Uh is pretty different than like, hey, I'm playing baseball and I got hit in the arm with a pitch or whatever and now like I have a fractured bone or like I dove for a ball and now like uh dislocated my shoulder or something and I'm out for a while. This is uh in my opinion. This is just him being dumb and missing half of the season for his team. Um, And then basically like right whenever he was supposed to come back this season, um, he was suspended for 80 games, which is just under half a season, um, because he tested positive for an anabolic steroid. Um, He claimed that the positive test uh, came from a medication that he took to treat ringworm, um, which, uh, to me sounds like he didn't have the force, like the mind to think ahead to be like, Oh, what is in this medication that I'm taking that someone prescribed me? And Oh, Hey, look, it's, it ends up being a small amount of steroids. Um, so basically, uh, in the past four seasons since 2019, he's only played 50% of the games with his team. Um, including him being able to play zero games in this 2022 season with the San Diego Padres. Um, currently, the Padres, uh, they played... Oh, Blake, who did they just play?
0: They beat the Mets in the
3: wildcard. The Mets, baby. <laughs> yes yeah, so they beat the, they beat the Mets in uh, the National League wildcard games. Um, and then they're now currently facing the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, and the Padres have some talent. Uh, they have uh, Tatis, I guess not right now they don't. But <laughs> he's he's on the team. I, I he's some talent. The way you, I love the way you said that. I guess. <laughs> I mean, he's there in spirit maybe. Um, but like they have players like Manny Machado, uh, also a hothead, but like he's also a pretty good baseball player, pretty good third baseman, a uh, solid hitter. Uh they also this season acquired Juan Soto. Um he is also young like Tatis Uh, He's a great hitter. He's a great outfielder. Um, They have some good pitching. Uh, They have overall a really solid team. And I think that with Tatis this season, they could have been a real threat. Um, But because of his uh, motorcycle accident that he had to miss half the season for, and then now him testing positive steroids that he had to miss another half of the season for, um, I think that even though he's a great baseball player – He is one of the best young hitters, one of the best young fielders in the league. Um, Missing an entire season and not being able to contribute to your team um, is a pretty big loss. Um, And this is why I believe that Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, although a great player, um, should not be up for discussion currently for one of the best in the league.
0: So I will go ahead and say when you're talking about Tatis I mean what makes him so so revered so highly and I think and we go it goes back to what I was talking about with the NBA where he's glitzy like he he's, he's got a he is a very marketable player uh, for what he does on the field. Again, not not for anything he does off the field, really, but for what he does on the field. It's the same reason that when he first came into the league, you saw people talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as much as they did. It's the same reason that although he deserves every bit of the hype and, oh my goodness, how can a player like this exist? Shohei Otani is is a perfect example of that, too. Is something to where... The things he does, what Tatis does, his highlight plays on the field are remarkable, are unbelievable. They'll make your jaw drop with the catches he makes and the the distance of the ball. And you know he hits, he he's up thirteen to nothing with the bases loaded, and he hits a grand slam. Or no, me, that was that was a different, uh, that was a, a White Sox player. But still, he ended up having to apologize at one point for hitting a grand slam ball up big, uh, like. For what he does on the field, then yeah, absolutely. But I've said for the longest time, one of the main things that gets overlooked when you're talking about the best players and where players should be ranked is I think that in some ways, the best ability is availability. Um, As much as, as bad as the Angels have been for so long, Mike Trout doesn't miss a ton of games. And Mike Trout is revered as. I, I, it doesn't matter who you talk about. Mike Trout's still probably the best player, the best individual baseball player in baseball. But Mike Trout has never had postseason success because, for one, the Angels are just bad. It makes their pitching staff is never is never good. But again, he he shows up. He plays. Tatis doesn't do that, and it's not because of a. A nagging knee injury. It's not because he had a a specific. It's like you said, it's irresponsible decisions, uh, things like that. Also, I can't picture, I can't imagine a better teammate for Manny Machado. As much as Manny Machado is a very good baseball player, he is the absolute worst, and I hate him in the MLP. But. (laughs) But, I totally agree. But, like you said, best ability in some cases is availability, and for everything he gives you on the field and everything that. Uh, Tatis, and there have been moments where I have loved it. Again, when he had a situation where with Trevor Bauer, Trevor he called Trevor Bauer, um, he called himself his Trevor Bauer's dad after homering twice in a game off of him, and it was fantastic. It was phenomenal. But again, for everything that he has done off the field and for the little he's been able to get out onto the field, I don't hate this pick because again you got to be on the field to prove that you deserve to be in that discussion. Um, especially, at, it's not a good look after you just got caught testing positive for those steroids.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, it's really sad both, uh, I think, for him and for the team itself. So, in the three years previous that he had played, um, his stats are great. Uh, third in rookie of the year voting in 2019. Um, the other two years he played in 2020 and 2021, he got Silver Slugger Award both of the years. Uh, he also was fourth and third respectively in uh National League MVP voting. So like this guy's really good. Uh, he was also beginning of the twenty twenty one season was signed by the San Diego Padres uh for a fourteen year three hundred forty million dollar contract. Um which puts him at like the third highest paid baseball player currently. Um so per year, it works out to about $1.7 or something weird like that. Um, so like last year, uh, he played 130 games, had a National League uh, leading 42 home runs, had a 280 batting average, uh, slugging was uh, over over 600, um, and I think that, like the current money that he's making, well-deserved. But this year, he was paid $1.7 million to do nothing he has done nothing productive this season at all um i think that's one of the other big things uh is that he's he's been able to he's he's uh done so well to earn the money that he's paid and then like
0: just dropped out and like uh it comes down uh, to okay. once again when you're talking about like i said i think that a lot of people. And this is where, you know, baseball can get tricky because there's a lot of, if you if you only know baseball through ESPN's Instagram account and things like that, they're only going to post the the greatest plays and, and and just the the glitzy, like I said the glitzy plays. And Tatis does a lot of that. And I think that's why people are so quick to rate him again, fan, phenomenal player when it comes to stats on the diamond and things like that. But people don't know a lot of what Tatis has done and and the reason he misses games because all they see is, oh, look at the diving catch on ESPN. Look how he hit this ball over 400 feet on ESPN. And it's the same thing, like I said, uh, when you're talking about some of these other players. Again, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. got it for the longest time to where he even hit a home run, and that was nice and great. He was a young player. But it wasn't anything that was mind-boggling but because it was Slatter Guerrero Jr., they had to post about it.
1: Something interesting I wanted to bring up because I've been I've been looking at some of his uh, statistics. Be throwing some numbers out there, so just be prepared. Uh, in In the twenty twenty season, obviously it was cut short. Um, he was ranked fourth. You said in the. Uh, so something that I think is interesting. Is, Batting wise, I I just don't see he, why he's fourth. Um, he had uh, 201 votes. Granted, that year in the NL, uh, I don't know how the the voting works by the way, because it, I think it differs between sports. But uh, Freddie Freeman he had 28 first place votes, which was almost unanimous in the NL, um, uh, where Tatis had zero. But um, he had 201 vote points, um, which got him to fourth with a 227 batting average and so on and so forth. But Juan Soto, who was fifth place that year, led the entire major league in ops, in slugging, in on-base percentage. He led the NL in batting average and in uh, uh, walks. I don't see why Juan Soto is below him in that standard.
0: So the reason probably is, and this is where, again, it just comes down to glitz and glamour. If I'm not mistaken, Tati's probably had more home runs than he did. And right. and that, and, it may be, only four. It, and it may be RBIs as well. I don't know how many more RBIs he mm-hmm. had. Um, because, again, and that year, that's the year Freddie Freeman won an MVP. For the Atlanta Braves, so obviously he was he was basically going to be untouched. If I'm, I don't who was sick. I, Josh Bell was up there as well. I know that, but basically, so
1: in the NL it was Freeman, Betts, Machado, Tatis.
0: Yes, and so again, Tatis probably had more RBIs and home runs, but still, it's not drastic enough to. You know Juan Soto, at the, even at the time, was known as one of the best hitters in in baseball. It's crazy to think, by the way, that three v three through five would end up being teammates. But anyways, let's keep talking about. It. But again, Soto was still and still is known as one of the best hitters in baseball. So it wasn't. It shouldn't have been a wide margin. And again, I think it just came down to Tatis had the bigger had the bigger splash plays at the end of the day.
1: Because because as like. A- Team player, like that on pace percentage was almost 50%, mm-hmm. which is kind of freaking awesome. Just um, gonna say, <laughs> I think
3: the other big reason that Tatis ended up with more votes um, is Juan Soto is a great fielder, uh, he makes great plays in the outfield. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, I would say, makes more uh, amazing plays as a shortstop than. Soto does in Rayfield. Right Not to say that Soto's bad. I think that Tatis has more opportunities to show his glove, and that that's a big that's reason fair. that he got more votes.
1: Uh, they they There's usually a pretty good glove at the shortstop position. Mm-hmm. Or at least I feel like that way. It is. Um, also, in 2021, um, I had some more uh, looking at... Um, he had a better batting average that year um, at 282. He was third overall. He actually received two first place votes. I think that's how it works. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's what that two tells me. But uh, I just, I also just don't. I just still don't see why he would receive those votes. I mean, it wasn't as unanimous, as nearly unanimous as it was. Freddie Freeman, Bryce Harper won that year in the NL. But I just, I don't really see how some of these other players wouldn't be above him and like you said with the fielding thing like the stats i'm looking at it doesn't show fielding like i i I have no idea and it's kind of hard to show fielding other than just fielding percentage and even that doesn't tell the whole story
0: cam any any comments or trev any last remarks
2: I uh, I'm not very familiar with baseball, so the only thing I can really do is just kind of listen to everyone talk about like why he's overrated <laughs> and that sort of thing. To be honest,
0: there any last remarks, any last arguments, before we move on? Um,
3: I think just like as a wrap, um, he's a great baseball player. Um, he currently has no contribution to his team. Um, and that 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 is basically the sole reason why I think currently. Uh, as of season 2022, he is overrated.
0: So two, two, uh, takes in, where you have already got a couple of big names. Uh, this is what we, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I was hoping from this topic. Um, I bring in the wheel once again, spinning it now. This will be the second to last person, and it will be Logan who will be. Uh, bringing his pick to the table logan take it away the floor is yours all right so
1: i would like to start off with my honorable mention because i was debating two um players and i'm not gonna lie both of them i just personally kind of just don't like and you know but that's kind of how it takes go you know there's bias in it um I don't think as as people I'm not saying there any, there's anything wrong it's just in their sport there's just something I don't like about it you know what I mean um and some of it could just be the hype you know I'm not a big fan of you know just coming out of nowhere being the top dog uh my honorable mention was was going to be Patrick Mahomes um he won he did win an MVP but I just think after that MVP year I just don't think he was he's all that you know I think he's good I just don't think he's he's deserving of the hype that he's getting, though. But that's not my pick. That's an honorable mention. My pick, though, is another big-name player from the NBA. I'm going to say Kyrie Irving is very overrated. Now, kind of like on the Devin Booker situation, on paper, he's pretty freaking good. You know, this last season, even though he only played 29 games, he was averaging twenty point four points uh, the entire season, um, which has been pretty consistent with the last two years. Um, but that being said, I I think Kyrie is probably one of the best dribblers in basketball to ever touch a basketball. I just I don't think that that's a good enough reason to allow him to reach these levels that people constantly put him on because a lot of people, especially I'm in a sports debate group chat uh, at my university. And there's one guy in there who consistently, every time basketball is brought up, wants us to debate why we think that our favorite team is better than Kyrie Irving. And there's just a lot of fanboys of Kyrie Irving out there. And I just don't think that he's really all that much um he had a good year um in, in Cleveland before he left he you know Cameron you talked about it earlier i believe in an earlier episode where he uh with the lebron block in, the, in finals the finals with with the kyrie 3 to win the game you know i you know i think he had a good year there and i think he was pretty solid i just don't think he was the guy you know what i mean goes to boston i mean you know he was their guy but didn't do anything with it. Uh, When he went to Brooklyn, Brooklyn was already going to the playoffs. And since he's been with Brooklyn, they've got, they've gotten to the Eastern conference semifinals, but they lost. And then the year after that, they lost in the Eastern conference first round, which is what they were doing when they had guys like Jared Allen and uh, D'Angelo Russell being the star players of the team. So, I don't think he's – I think he's good. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I wouldn't be talking about him if he wasn't good. But I don't think he's really
0: that guy
1: that everyone puts him on this pedestal for.
0: I I will say I love this pick, and I'll take it a step further. Anybody who wants to argue this with me, this one might be – this one's a bigger take to me, uh, a hotter take to some people than it may seem. Kyrie Irving's career has been carried by that final shot. I think that at the end of the day, has he been solid? Like you said, absolutely. He's been the star in a couple of of situations. He's made the playoffs. He's had some moments. If Kyrie Irving doesn't make that shot in Game 7 and the Golden State Warriors end up winning the NBA Finals, I don't know if we ever look at Kyrie Irving as a top 20 NBA player. I tell you, send all the hate towards me again. I've never been, like I guess, and like you said, one of the best ball handlers that the game has ever seen. Maybe the best ball handler the game has ever seen. But when you're talking about his career accomplishments, it's it's. He's an NBA champion one time, and he, yes, he hit one of the most clutch shots in NBA history. No one's taken that away from him whatsoever. But every other time he is, he was been either supposed to have been the guy or had another chance to make it a run. He hasn't done it, and again, and it's and also goes ties back to the uh, same argument that Trevor has. You know, you can say what you want, say, but about the the vaccine issue and things like that. But at the end of the day. When you're just not playing, he only played 29 games last year. When everything was said and done, I mean, you have to play a lot of games. It's the same reason that, as much as, um, as much as I think, if he's back to what he is on paper, he's 100 in this strat in this same tier. I can't put Kawhi Leonard in a top 10 player list right now because he hasn't played for a full season. But when he comes back and plays, and if he gets back to that point, then I'm willing to put him there. You have to play basketball games to be considered high. But, again, I'll take the heat 100%. To me, Kyrie Irving's career has basically been carried by that one shot.
1: Something else that that just kind of came to me, another reason why there's a lot of athletes that I feel like are like this, in my opinion. Um, Another one I'm going to throw out there is Antonio Brown. Because um, he's oh. another popular athlete, um, we might argue about this.
2: <laughs> well, we can. Oh, no, well, listen.
0: We can have an entire three-hour discussion about the the uh, the 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 brain study of Antonio Brown. When it makes it
1: done? This isn't this. When I bring up Antonio Brown, I'm not. I'm not talking about his stats whatsoever. I'm not even talking about football. Almost what I'm going to say is, I feel like there are a lot of athletes who become very good at what they do. And then all of a sudden, like, and this isn't me telling people to not do this, but once they get big, it doesn't become about the sport anymore. Kyrie Irving, you know, like we said, he hits that shot. And then now he's not a basketball player. He's a basketball personality. You know, it's all about him, not the game. Antonio Brown Antonio Brown got big and then it kind of became the Antonio Brown personality. There are other players like that too. Patrick Mahomes, I feel like that's the same thing with him. Ezekiel Elliott, same thing with him. It just goes down the line. There are a lot of players who do great things in the game and then once they hit that peak, they still be good. They're still good, you know. They don't just forget everything they learned. It just feels like all of a sudden they're not worried focused on the game, they're focused on themselves.
0: And the thing about Antonio Brown is I yeah, you, know, you bring him up and it's a good case. I will say there have been reports that the A B now he made he was not as much of a psychopath As he was in like Oakland and towards the end of his Pittsburgh career. But, you know, there were some reports that he was kind of always cocky as far as that goes. And just Mike Tomlin did an incredible job at hiding it. But exactly. I mean, the fact of the matter was he was always crazy, but he he kept it under wraps. And he was very uh, kind of reserved about it up until he got his big payday. And then he gets the payday, and then obviously he gets his entire brain rearranged by Vontez Perfect in a playoff game, and that may probably doesn't help things either. But I do see what you're talking about because Kyrie Irving, it really does seem like he he he, he treats basketball as a secondary thing. And does he do? And I, I'm not a fan of Kyrie Irving. Does he do some good things? Absolutely. His, uh, some of his activism and things like that, he does stand in some ways for good for good causes. But when you're talking about in him in general. When you're talking about a guy who recently got caught for retweeting Alex Jones things and saying how he it, – it, it seems like he's a guy who just wants to grab headlines. He's not focused on what's on the court.
1: And not to bring it back to my honorary pick, but Patrick Mahomes – that's that's a reason why I almost picked him as well because cuz because, you know he hit all the news for making the no-look throws and you know scrambling all around for 20 seconds and then throwing a deep pass that gets a touchdown or something he did it everyone went crazy about it and then he tried to keep doing it when he couldn't there he threw a lot of interceptions last year i think it was last year at least um He threw a lot of interceptions, tried to do that same stuff. There was one, I think, in the playoffs um, that people got really mad at him about because it was an interception to lose the game. And if you watch him, he does the no-look pass into an interception. Uh, So it's, you know, kind of just play the game. You know, go be good, be the best
3: you can be, play the game
0: cam drive any any remarks
3: um something that may also uh help your claim logan is that um other than like knowing that Kyrie irving exists and he plays basketball the only thing i know about him himself um is him shooting that game winner of game seven like that is it um but like looking at his stats He seems like a solid player, but uh, based on what you guys say and the little knowledge that I have about him, and the only thing I heard about him is him making that one shot, I totally agree that uh, this guy is a a good pick for... Uh, being overrated.
0: And I want to say this, too. Like, literally, we're not saying he's... Same thing. Again, with all these players, we're not saying they are bad players. Literally, Cam had, in a segment, in the first episode of this entire podcast, he had had the LeBron James block as the most clutch play of all time, but Kyrie's shot was right below it. And when you're talking about it again, Kyrie Irving's Game 7 shot against the Warriors over Stephen Curry's outstretched arm is one of if not the most clutch shot in NBA history. But again, like I, that's what I like I said to me a lot of his career in my mind, even though and I follow the NBA very closely. I, I I'm a huge basketball fan in general. A lot of his career has been carried by that one shot.
1: And in general, the NBA has kind of exploded in popularity since around the Steph Curry era. Um, it's just it gets a lot, it was getting a lot of views. Um, it was getting really popular, especially with children. Um, and this isn't me saying anything bad about that, but um, the average height in the United States is below six foot. Um, and point guards look like four foot midgets against (laughs) seven foot tall centers, you know what I mean? So you know, they kind of see Kyrie Irving out there, and how how tall is Kyrie? Kyrie is Kyrie, I believe,
0: two. is six foot one, but I could be mistaken about that. It could be a little taller
1: uh, than that. His basketball reference has him at six two, that makes him just a little bit taller than I am. When you see him on the court being all short like that, you know, when you're a short person, which is the average in the United States, um, which is below six foot which is how you feel when you're watching a game, seeing a point guard against these giants. You feel kind of related to that, and I think that's why point guards are so popular, Um, because the average height, like I said, below six foot. These guys look below six foot, even though they're not. A lot of people get stunned when they realize Steph Curry is 6'3", like he, he he is he is still tall.
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of the population would be looking up at Stephen Curry, but when you look at him in the NBA, because he's you know he doesn't have a a, a ton of weight on his bones with muscles, and he relies so much on offensive game. You like you said, a le- people legitimately think he is four foot five out there playing against. You know he's he's a dwarf playing against giants. All right, Cam, uh, Trey, have any other last remarks or, Logan, any last points to make?
2: I uh, I don't think this is a bad pick considering the last year he had, mostly just because of the games he missed. That's, like, the biggest reason I can consider him overrated because, like, when he plays, I think he's really good. Like, But availability is obviously important. And when you don't get to see a – I'll say a generational talent point guard play over three quarters of the season. It's kind of hard to sit there and say he's one of the best.
0: And so, so go ahead, Laura.
1: Quick, quick question. When they played in the playoffs um, against Boston, did they get swept?
0: They did. They lost four, okay. nothing to the Celtics.
1: Okay. Cause I, I, I couldn't remember. I knew there was this debate because obviously the reason he missed a lot of those games was because um per league rules, the COVID vaccination, he, he wouldn't get it. So per the league rules, he could only get, he could only play in games in New York. And I think it he was flipped.
0: Round, it was flipped. Was it flipped? He could, he he could
1: play away games.
0: Yeah. So it was the local mandate that said you had to be vaccinated in order to play. And okay. basically he, he could only play away games and then he could only play away games where that was, not a thing so like for example he couldn't play in Toronto because that was going you know Canada had a trick sure thing about it and then he couldn't play against the Knicks uh things like that he could but any other any other stadium he went to he, he was allowed to play
1: okay because around the time the playoffs started um I I don't know I don't want to go into politics I, I don't really follow it very much but I think they had gotten a new mayor or something. The mandate and, was lifted right before the playoffs. It started. was lifted, yeah. So he was able to play against Boston, and everyone was like, "Oh, now that Kyrie is able to play every game, we'll go to the playoffs." And then they got swept by Boston.
0: They did, and it was uh, the other big thing was Ben Simmons was people wanted him to make his debut for the Nets in Game Four, uh, really Game I Three heard. and Game Four. <laughs>
1: As a Sixers fan, I've got some
0: things to say about Ben Simmons, but I'll keep that for another time. <laughs> See, could say he was Game Three and Game Four, but he sat out for both of them. Um, and yes, the Nets ended up getting swept. Even though KD played out of his mind in Game Four, they got swept by the eventual Finals runner-up, Boston Celtics. All right. So so far, we've got Devin Booker, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Kyrie Irving. I've went ahead and spun the wheel, if anybody needs to see it on the screen. I've got it here. It's going to land on Cam. So, Cam, open it up. floor is all yours. So, uh, we've had some hot
2: takes so far, and I know this one's probably going to rile up some people, but I'm choosing Ezekiel Elliott running back for the Cowboys. And uh, I'll just be honest. My biggest reason for saying that he is overrated is purely by the fact of how much he is paid he is uh the highest paid running back paid more than people like Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, Saquon, you know, really good running backs and don't get me wrong, Ezekiel Elliott for the first 3 years of his career was a really great running back. I mean, his rookie year was astounding. Uh but obviously after he had signed his contract or his after he had got off his rookie contract like many other running backs, he eventually kind of fell downhill um this year he's really not having a great year so far five games has uh 300 yards one touchdown the backup for Dallas tony Pollard has almost 40 less rushing attempts and is only fifty yards behind him and has one more touchdown so that's not really good and like I said like Zeke is not a bad player by any means but I just don't think you can really consider him a top I don't even know if you can really consider him a top 10 running back anymore and I'll just be honest like I just genuinely don't think he's a top 10 running back anymore in the NFL
0: so Zeke brings in an interesting question and it's the same concept that a lot of teams have asked every single season with the draft and there have been teams here recently that have been dealing with it. It's do you draft a running back in the first round? Not only with you know, with Zeke, it wasn't just do you draft him in the first round. They drafted him number four overall, um, and this was coming after a very very good career at Ohio State, ended up winning a national championship there in the first College football Playoff. Um, but in the recent years, not only, I would go, I would even go as far as just to say that Zeke is being outperformed this year by. Tony Pollard. He's been outperformed by Tony Pollard for the past two years. And last year, he uh, Pollard was a very, very good uh, back uh, in the backup position. And of course, he's he's also a receiving back, which that's not what Zeke does. Uh, he's never been a receiving style back. But Pollard, for what he's been able to do, and you see this all the time. Once again, with a lot of first round first round running backs. I mean. There's sort there's questions within the Steelers fan base right now about Najee Harris, and you see, sometimes it can work out. You look at a guy like Todd Gurley, who for a long, a long time had some very successful years with the Los Angeles Rams, uh, but at the end of the day, like you said, the money he gets paid, the performances that he's put up, he doesn't have the offensive line that he used to anymore, and... I'm saying that as in that's a bad thing for him because obviously you're starting to see the cracks and you're starting to wonder if it's the same thing. I don't think, it's it's funny to me because for the longest time Ezekiel Elliott got the fanfare and got the praise for being a top five running back in the league, but DeMarco Murray never got that. Uh, that level of praise. He never got that level of fanfare, even though he had similar stats, if not better, behind the same offensive line. Am I sitting here and saying that DeMarco Murray deserved to be in that same uh, category? Not in my opinion, but neither did Zeke, if DeMarco Murray doesn't either.
2: See, the biggest thing for me right now is just like, if Zeke didn't get paid the amount of money he did, I don't know if I'd be having this argument, but the only counter-argument I think I have is that I think – The running back position is the easiest position to try and say that someone is overrated in. And my biggest argument right now is that, like, yes, Najee Harris this season is not performing well at all. But the difference between the Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys is the Dallas Cowboys are actually winning games and actually being able to stay in games, unlike Pittsburgh. So Zeke should, in theory, be able to be used way more than... Pittsburgh is able to use Najee Harris just for the pure fact of when you're down by 15, 20 points, you can't really run the
0: ball. The other thing I will say, too, is you're talking about Zeke being over – Zeke being paid as much as he is. The thing about running backs, and there is also a theme around the league that um, the only reason you extend a running back or you pay them big money is if they are a future Hall of Famer. Again, you don't – there's a reason why – a lot of teams, you, you go through and you look at some of the best. Let's go through some of the best running backs in the league. Derek Henry, I believe, was a number, it was a second round pick. Alvin Kamara was a second round pick. Dalvin Cook was a second round pick. A lot, they were not first round, you know, front, front of the line, top of the line guys. It was not people fawning all over themselves to pick them early in the first round. And Zeke, and you, you sit here and you think about guys once again, uh, did Zeke have enough of of the stats ha, have the the success to get the money he made and the money the contract he got from Dallas? And realistically, when you look at the amount of running back the amount running backs make and things like that, and for the the contracts that people let running back to go on, no, it, I, I do agree. I don't think he was deserving of the contract he got either.
3: Um, so me being not extremely uh, knowledgeable in in NFL um hasn't hasn't Dallas had a current, i guess a recent history of overplaying overpaying their players who aren't performing
0: in some cases, <laughs> it depends on yeah. it depends on who it is. um uh, now. You could say Dak Prescott, but Dak Prescott's more so because of injury. It hasn't been oh, – okay. uh, he hasn't necessarily – when he's been on the field and he's playing, he actually plays really well, but he just can't see the field right now because he, he, he had a horrendous injury last year, and then he's uh, working – I believe it's a wrist injury that he's going to be coming back from here soon. But uh, – and then you, you look at guys like Amari Cooper, who ended up getting traded to Cleveland this past year. And he was solid. He was a fine receiver. Maybe not worth the amount of money they gave him, but still a very solid receiver in his own right. Um, other than that, I mean, the defense The defense at times, uh, now there's going to be players there. Micah Parsons, I don't even want to know how much money they're going to have to give him when everything's when when he's off his rookie contract because it's going to be outrageous. Um uh, but they've had some hits and misses.
3: Okay. Uh, I guess Zach Prescott was the other big name that I know they paid a lot of money for. Um, and I guess because of his injury, uh, he hasn't quite produced uh, overall throughout the, his contract currently the numbers that they kind of want, uh, But it's, it's understandable he's, he's injured. Uh, but I totally agree, Cam. Um, if a running back, if your primary running back um that you're paying a lot of money for um is uh i would say uh with those current stats that you listed being outperformed by his uh his understudy who is getting paid less like there 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 needs to be like some some money like some starting position discussion um because I don't know, from like a team standpoint, that's, I feel like it's kind of unacceptable.
0: <laughs> I am looking at it right now just to compare, and again, when you're, you, you talked about it, the stats-wise, Tony Pollard's not that far behind. When you look at the contracts and things like that here, Tony Pollard in the upcoming season is going to be making, at a base salary, $965,000, Um and the pro rate, the bonus that he'll get with it is 167,000. In the upcoming season for Ezekiel Elliott, he's going to be making as a base salary 12.4 million dollars and 5.8 oh. million dollars as a bonus, and it only increases from there. The last year of his contract, which is in 2026, he'll be making 16 million dollars from. The Dallas Cowboys and again I agree with you Kim because that's not a contract you see given to anybody in the NFL so clearly the Dallas Cowboys thought they had something huge with uh with Zeke and it just hasn't turned out that way I've
1: got a couple things that seem pretty interesting uh first off in uh his his rookie season had over 16,000 yards um two years later he had fourteen thousand yards both of those seasons he played and started for 15 games
0: i think you mean 1400 and 1600 just what did i say 16 000 and
2: 14 000 you're Swiss
0: good like i guess no you're good that's why i just wanted to make sure i was like did i miss something or is he the greatest football nah, player of nah, all nah, time but... Nah. you're good my bee, my bee.
1: <laughs> all right so um uh yeah, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> but um that was in 2016 and 2018. In 2021, he played two extra games but had 400 yards less than the 2018's, 600 yards less than the 2016. And you could say it's down to touches, but his rookie year he had three hundred and fifty-four touches, um, which was less than he had in twenty eighteen, and he had more yards that year. Um, I mean, another thing was uh, in uh, twenty seventeen he only played ten games and almost had a thousand yards at that point. And if you would have been able to play, I think he would have had another phenomenal year. Um, but it, it just it, from then on, it just kept dropping every single year. And another. Just interesting little tidbit that I found. Uh, In 2016, which was his rookie year, he was voted number four in the NFL AP MVP voting. He was also voted fifth in the Offensive Player of the Year voting. But he got second place in Rookie of the Year to Dak Prescott, who was in neither of those. (laughs) I just think that's kind of...
0: Weird. Yeah, so, cor- those awards are weird just because it's a, it's a quarterback-driven thing. Now, offensive yeah. uh, player of the year. Yeah, it was one of those things. And plus, the other reason people wanted Dak to win rookie of the year was because of the story. That was when Tony Romo got hurt, had his back, had another back injury and Dak Prescott came in, and they went 13-3, and went all the way into the playoffs, and then got beat by Aaron Rodgers on one of the greatest throws you'll ever see a quarterback make. Uh, but regardless, it was, I think the reason Dak won the offensive rookie of the year that year was more so for the story, not necessarily, because statistically, Zeke was the better player. But the, long story short, with everything you said as well, like you said, there was a stretch in time where Zeke was a solid running back, was a really good running back, but in years... I think he had some injury history and some injury issues, but once again, you have to take that into consideration, and the fact that the Cowboys gave him that money is something that I think is going to haunt them for quite some time, because again, this is just year... I, I had it pulled up. I believe this is just year two... The second year of, of year. Of two age. of like six years that they're going to be paying this money.
2: A free agent, I think, and... I think it's twenty twenty six. Twenty
0: twenty six is the last year on his deal.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll just be honest, like Ezekiel Elliott's not going to I mean, he might perform average at best for the next year or two, but it's just I don't know. You really shouldn't extend a running back for that period of time. I'll just be honest. Like it's just not a smart move considering the way that running backs and or running back injuries have occurred in the NFL. It's just not it's just not something that a team really wants to do. Running backs especially, like, nowadays, honestly don't even get off the rookie contract before they sign with a new team. So.
0: Times are changing, as they say. And, again, in the, in the NFL today especially, you go back and you look at some older running backs, and even then their, running, their careers didn't last. Unless you have a guy like Emmitt Smith, who was an Iron Man, who played, like, 18 seasons or whatever it was in the NFL. Uh, but you look at a guy like – Barry Sanders only played like ten seasons, I believe, in the NFL. Walter Payton didn't play all that long, and then you even look at the guys from now. and And the thing about running backs that is so amazing is the drop off is so severe. I mean, Le'Veon I, Bell
2: was drafted nine years ago.
0: I'll also I'll give you another example. I I I don't think there's any. The only person you could say that was in this person's stratosphere as a running back in our lifetimes. Was Adrian Peterson and his in his high Adrian Peterson was an MVP was a was an unbelievable player. Ladainian Tomlinson looked like one of the best running backs, one of the best football players I had ever seen when he played for the San Diego Chargers, and he was, I mean, he was unbelievable. You bought Madden to go play as LT, and that was pretty much it. Then towards the end of his Chargers career, he ends up signing with the Jets. And, again, this once unbelievable running back, and you're thinking, oh, my God, this guy's going to be one of the greatest players of all time. And all of a sudden, he's, he's a backup on the not-great New York Jets. And it's like, what happened? And the same thing for Adrian Peterson, for that matter. Again, Adrian Peterson broke the had over 2,000 rushing yards in a season. It's, uh, it's an unbelievable stat. And then you look up, and he's struggling to stay in a team with, like, the Detroit Lions and Washington. I mean, it's crazy to think, but the drop-off with running backs is so severe due to the the hits they take, the physical stress that goes into it. And it's crazy to think that, that Dallas didn't see that coming, at least a little bit, with Zeke. Is there still time for him to turn around and become a really good running back? Absolutely. I have more doubts than I have hope in that case
1: as of right now uh pro football reference uh they kind of look at all the stats of players like that and they uh they have a ability to show you players that are kind of similar in stature of their career um and Ezekiel elliott's most similar player is willie parker from this from the fast series. willie parker I, and, that's fair,
2: though. That's pretty fair. And I mean, Willie Parker,
0: average, 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 yeah.
2: Sometimes a little above, sometimes a little below. I mean, that's just part of it.
0: Fun fact, Willie Parker owns the record for the longest rushing touchdown in Super Bowl history. That is a thing. He did. He broke it against the Seattle Seahawks. Anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> any any last remarks from anybody before we get to the voting, or are we all good to go? What's I'm
2: ready. staying
0: Alright, so refreshing for those of you listening at home once again, I have brought to the table Devin Booker, this is the most overrated athlete in current times Uh, I have brought to the table Devin Booker Trevor brought, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Logan brought in Kyrie Irving and Cam brought in Ezekiel Elliott so I see all of you are sending me your picks right now, I am going to go ahead and spin the wheel revealing the first pick On the podcast will be Trevor's pick. And so, as I open it up, the vote goes to Cameron and Ezekiel Elliott. Trev, explain yourself and why'd you pick Ezekiel Elliott? So, I guess the big reason
3: is uh, this guy got a a big boy contract getting paid millions and millions of dollars uh, to be... Um, from my uneducated NFL perspective um, a mediocre to kind of good running back and compared to uh, the the one running back who is under him who is getting paid like less than 10% of what uh, Elliot is getting paid is putting up comparable numbers with fewer touches Um, and I don't know compared to like all of the others uh the other two that uh you blake and logan brought up um this this one kind of resonated with me because like he used to do really well um uh, he, he put up like really good numbers in the past couple of years uh, especially his first couple of years 2016 through 2018 and such um and he's just kind of been like dropping off um when was that when was his current contract signed it what was you
0: 21, mean? I think. Can't
2: be a fact wow. on that. Like it, was, it was like 20, 2021 20, 20, season. It's like, it's okay. football. I don't know what actual year it would be actually signed, if that makes any sense.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, It's just like, just looking from the pure stats. Um, if If he were putting up numbers from like 2017, then like, I totally understand how much they're trying to pay him. But like just looking at his numbers from 2020, 2021, like I don't think he's worth that money at all.
0: So one vote for Cam and Ezekiel Elliott. As I spin the wheel, it will land on. to me close. It'll land on Logan. So Logan will have his his vote revealed next, and it is Cameron. And so Cameron at least clinches a co-championship this week with Ezekiel Elliott. Logan, explain yourself and why you picked Ezekiel Elliott.
1: So I just – I'm not going to lie. This one's just – it's just kind of personal, you know. Like, Zeke, I (laughs) – he's just overrated. He is. He really is um, when it comes down. He had a good season. I could see why they wanted to give him that money. But, you know, I think it came down to, like – When it came down to the money, I think, you know, he was getting, he was doing good. I think he should have got paid more than his rookie contract at the time. But he kind of, it was kind of around that time, Le'Veon Bale had held out to get, get paid big by the Steelers. And he saw that happen. And then he did it himself. And they paid him. They just did, and, I'm, and I think I just don't understand it. You know, as someone who doesn't make that kind of money, <laughs> um, I just I think he he did that and just fell off. You know, didn't do anything with it. And th- there's kind of a reason why there's a stereotype of when you pay your running backs, they just become bad. I mean, you know, and stereotypes it comes from in the sports it comes from that being a little bit truthful.
0: So two votes for Cam. Again, he has clinched at least a share of this week's championship role, discord, whatever it is. As I spin the wheel one more time, it will land on Cam. And so Cam's vote will be revealed next. It will be myself. So, Cam picks Devin Booker, the as most overrated player in sports. Cam, what was it about Devin Booker that made you pick him?
2: Um, well, I mentioned earlier that the 70, I think it was, 70, it was a 70 or 71-point game. It is a 70-point
0: game. 70.
2: 70. 70 point, I think that 70-point game really, uh, I think it really made people talk about him more. Like, I don't know. Like, we had talked about Devin Booker is not a bad player by any means. I just don't think he's... Top 10, top 15 play. Well, top 15 maybe, but top 10, I just don't see it 100%. I just don't think he has the capability to really lead his team to, like, another deep playoff run. I think Chris Paul had a big deal with that. And, like, obviously every NBA player needs help. I just don't think Devin Booker right now is where he needs to be. Like, 100% not a Hall of Fame player, and he definitely acts like he is. So that's just my biggest thing is if you're going to talk, to talk, you got to pretty much back it up, and he just doesn't have any of the accolades to really show for it.
0: So one vote for Devin Booker, two for Ezekiel Elliott. Cam has already clinched the win for this week outright. Again, I'm not allowed to vote for myself, uh, but I am going to go ahead and just give who I think, again, would get my vote in general, and this was actually, I will go ahead and say the person that I'm picking here chose an athlete that I thought about that I did give some serious consideration. um, It's going to Logan. Again, I I think each one of you had good points. You know, Trev with Tatis, once again, for everything. The biggest, you know, the fact that he's never on the field, and it's not necessarily just for injury. It's for things that could easily be avoided. Um, I think that's 100% something that deserves to be talked about and deserves to be taken into consideration when you're talking about the most overrated player uh, in sports. And then... Cam with Ezekiel Elliott again. I, I agree, especially when you're talking when you bring in his contract situation and the amount of money he makes just to be basically outshined by Tony Pollard. It's it's ludicrous. But I, I you should have known I was going to vote for Logan when I came in with the take about again that the fact that one shot has carried Kyrie Irving's career. I think at the end of the day, the Impact that he has had on basketball. Yes, he's a lot more free-flowing. Yes, he's one of the greatest ball handlers that we've ever seen, like we said. But again, when you're talking about a player from an offensive standpoint, or from really an all-around-the-court standpoint, he had one good run in the playoffs. And people say what they want about, you know, if Kyrie Irving is healthy when they make the, the finals the first time against the Warriors in 2015, they probably beat them. And that may be true at the end of the day. But Kyrie... He's only really shown up in one big moment, and that is the moment. And it's a great moment. It's one of the greatest NBA history, and he will be remembered as a great for that reason. But without that shot and without that moment, Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, is not a top 20 NBA player in at, at really any point in his career. And I think that at the end of the day, I have to take that into consideration. So Logan gets my vote, but... That brings the totals to Cam with two votes on the week, and he will be the outright champion um, with Ezekiel Elliott. So, Cowboys fans, all your hate goes to Cam. Be sure to direct, <laughs> direct that towards him. Um, and, yeah, with that being said, Ezekiel Elliott, in our opinion, the most overrated player athlete in sports today. Cam, any last remarks for your championship-winning week? Feed uh, Zeke. <laughs> Uh, and the Cowboys again that it's it's astounding that they have only lost one game with Cooper uh, one loss they've only lost one game of the season Cooper rush is their starting quarterback we'll see if they can continue to do it as they still have the Eagles in their division who are looking ridiculously good we'll see how that goes um, but yeah Ezekiel Elliott probably gonna be benched here soon for Tony Pollard um, yeah that's basically gonna do it for this week as is customary the discord role goes to cam for the week and he will be bringing the topic to the table for next week's show uh, again if it comes down to, yeah we'll we'll have that this show should be uploaded about thursday night and then we're looking to get back on that weekly schedule so again cam will bring that topic to the table and we will do it all over again yeah that's basically gonna do it for us so if you're watching out there on Twitch, this this broadcast, this episode was broadcasted live on Twitch, so be sure to hit the follow button on the the uh, Twitch channel. Be sure to check out. Turn on notifications so you know whenever we're live with the show you get early sneak peeks and you get early previews of the show. And if you're listening on Spotify and YouTube, you can check us out on Twitch, Station 21 and once again, vice versa, taking heat on Spotify, Station 21 on Twitch on, on, and on YouTube. Uh, yeah, that's basically what I'm going to do, it, and I'll just go ahead and jump on right in. So Cam is the champion, and you can look for his topic in the upcoming week. So for my co-hosts, Cameron Wolwine, Trevor Tidwell, and Logan Porter, my name is Blake Holmes. Thank you for spending your evening with us here on Twitch and whatever platform you're listening on, and we hope to see you again here soon. So have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week.